Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. And today we are talking about just, it, it mirrors that, that song that they just sang. Um, what do you do when you don't feel all the feels anymore? What do you do when you're just faking the perfect life, right? And, and you're like, hey, we can either just go on and we're just going to fake it and we're just going to pretend like everything's all right. What, what do you do? Because most of the time we don't know what to do when it comes to dealing with feelings, when it comes to dealing, when the feelings leave the building, when it leaves the atmosphere, when it leaves the relationship, how do you function in that kind of relationship? Because a lot of us, the truth is this, we've been functioning in that kind of relationship, but we haven't been functioning well. And so here's what I believe with with all of my heart. This may be the most important message out of this whole series. And this is, this is a heavy message. This is a message out of this series I've been praying and praying and praying about because I believe this. Whether you're watching online or you're here today, man, this message, the truth of this message has the power to save your marriage. It absolutely has the power to save your message. Our text for this whole series found in Proverbs 4.23. This is your memory verse. Hopefully you know it by now. And it says this, guard your heart above all else, right? We know this, for it determines the course of your life. And we've been talking about this. And just in case you've missed the last few weeks, what the scripture is saying is this, carefully watch your inner thoughts, your inner feelings, Because if we're not careful with those inner thoughts and with those inner feelings, our course and our life is going to follow our feelings instead of our feelings following the will of God for our life. And this is absolutely huge. Um, When I was younger, when I was a teenager, um, I I was not really good at that verse. And I would think probably most of us in this place struggle as a teenager, and probably we struggle as an adult if we were to be really honest with that verse, but especially when it came to my dating life. And uh, about a month ago, Charlie and I are sitting at P.F. Chang's on a father-daughter date. We're sitting there, and this this, uh, uh, lady sits down a few booths away from us, and she looks at me, and I look at her, and it's one of my ex-girlfriends. And 
at, at that moment, I stopped looking at her and I looked at Charlie. I'm like, this may get really awkward in just a moment. And I need to do some backstory here. And um, I started telling Charlie my worst breakup moment of my entire life. I was a bad breaker-upper. I broke up twice with Casey because I'm an idiot. Um, and I'm just, some of you are like, she took you back. I know, waymaker, miracle worker, um, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> you saying it, declared it. I'm just saying. Um, and uh, this was not Casey. Uh, this was an, a person I had actually taken to prom, and after prom, um, I realized she liked me a whole lot more than I liked her type moment, and I was like, easy, pump the brakes, lady, you know, um, and, and so um, we were going to break up, but then it was my birthday, and I knew she was going to buy me something, so I waited till after my birthday. Don't say that, ladies. We just got down with Valentine's Day, and you know all you women wait to break up after Valentine's Day because you're going to give me something good. It's called my birthday. Um, we just got even. Anyways, um, don't make me battle the sexes right now. Anyways, um, so she bought me a shirt from Structure. Anybody come on, Structure? Um, yeah, living the sweet life. And, um, and I, I did something that I didn't know had a, a name to it. Um, I ghosted her. I just, I just didn't call her anymore, right? And that was a lot easier to do back then when you only communicated by you know, carrier pigeons because your parents wouldn't let you use long distance because it was expensive, right? Like, get off the phone. It's 10 cents a minute, right? Like, like, so you didn't talk that much. And she lived in Tulsa. I lived here. And so, like, I just stopped talking to her. But the problem was I started dating somebody else. I never broke up with her. I just started dating somebody. And um, we fast forward to June, I start dating this other girl, um, and we go to youth camp, right? And youth camp is, is drama, man. Um, it's fantastic, but it's drama, love drama. You got to meet somebody on the first, you know, few nights of camp so you can take somebody to the camp banquet, right? That's a <coughs> huge deal. And so first day I'm sitting there with my new girlfriend in front of the cafeteria and this girl comes up behind me and puts her hand, my ex-girlfriend, she didn't know she's my ex, puts her hand <laughs> on the back of, like behind me. And she goes, guess who it is? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening right now. And I go, hey. And she's like, I've missed you. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, who's this? I'm like, this is, this, this is Jennifer. And she's my new girlfriend. And like, there was drama all that week of camp, like at the cafeteria table, <coughs> snow cone table, and 20 years later at P.F. Chang's, she's glaring at me, and rightfully so. Like, she's still like, really, really? I know it's you, and you know it's me. And I'm like, so, so there's no avoiding her table when we leave. Like, there's no, there's no way we can avoid it. And so I'm like, when we leave, Charlie, we're going to go. You're going to go first. I'm going to go last. And we walk out, and she's looking at me, and I just look at her, and I go, Amber? Like that, and I just keep, I just keep walking, <laughs> right? Like, what do you do? <laughs> like, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, I'm like going to like send a foundation church card. Like, here you go, come. We're doing a love relationship series. Like, I'm like, you can't make this stuff up, right? Like, I'm like, and Charlie, this is why you don't act like your father, right? I mean, just learning moments. <clears throat> 
Here's the deal. It is, I was really bad at breaking up, but you know what I was worse at? I was really bad at following my feelings. And, and when you're a teenager, it's called infatuation, right? And a lot of us, the problem is we have a culture that is consumed with feelings, right? If it feels right, it must be right. But if it feels wrong, it, it must be wrong. And hear me, if you're dating today and you're not feeling it, it's okay to break up. Like, like you're like, man, it's been a month in and I'm not feeling anything. Break up? What are you doing, right? Like, just got to push through. This message is not for that, right? But if you're here and you're married and all of you that are dating and you're engaged, this is one, you're single, this is one you got to put in the vault because you're going to need, I promise you, you're going to need this at some point. What, what do you do when the feelings aren't there? What, 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 what do we do then, because the problem is most of us, we grew up or, or we're functioning and we don't have a proper view of what love is. We got a really good concept of what infatuation is, but infatuation is something completely different than what love is. And I'm about to get ahead of myself. So, so what do you do? Philippians chapter one, verse nine says this out of the message. Paul says this, this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush, right? So, so I love this verse, especially for this series. But, but here's what this verse is, is speaking to me. And I was just walking down the hall this week, and it popped in my mind. I was like, oh, that is so good. Here, here's the deal. We are good at feeling but sometimes we're not real good at loving. We feel real strong, but there's times we don't love real strong. And some of us, you're, you're great at, at feelings and, and having feelings in a relationship, but, but you're not great at dealing with that relationship and functioning in that marriage and functioning in that relationship when the feelings have vanished. So what do you do when all the feels are gone. Today I want to talk to you about I want to talk to you about ghosting, which I've already talked about. I want to talk to you about Perrier, which we're going to get to in just a minute. But I want to talk to you about how, how do we function when the feels aren't there. And, and this first point, it, it man, you got to get this first point. This first point is one of those things you got to hear it, you got to receive it, you got to take it with you, and you got to apply it. And it's simply this. You fall out of feelings, but not out of love. You fall out of feelings, and we're going to break this down. You fall out of feelings, but not out of love. Last week, I talked about love myths, and one of the myths that I could have talked about, um, I'm going to talk about today, I could have applied it, and I had it in my, in my message, but there's no way I got to it. And, it, and it's simply this. Um, for some of us, we think a party and a promise leads to a happy life, Right? We think a party and a promise leads to a happy life, or a promise and a party equals a happy life. We, 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 we go to weddings, and there are promises made to one another, and then what do we do? We throw this huge party that's ridiculously expensive, especially speaking as a dad of two girls. Um, we, we throw this you know, huge party afterwards, and here's what we say as people that attend it. You get there, and you see the groom, and he looks good, and the bride looks beautiful, and they're smiling, or they're crying, and there's music going on, and it is a magical moment, and you leave there, and you're like, man, did you see the way she 
she looked at him and the way he looked at her and, and, and the way they just came in, it just felt good. And they're going to do so good in life. Why do we say that? Because we get caught up in the feelings, right? It feels good. It, it sounds, it looks like they're going to make it, but we have no real basis of saying that. We just, just look good. And, and we have bought into this myth that a promise and a party always equals a happy life. But sometimes that's just not true. One of the biggest reasons I hear for divorce and I hear of affairs happening is this phrase, well, we just fell out of love. We, we just fell out of love. It's not that their marriage was or their wedding was any less magical than your wedding. It wasn't that they didn't make promises. It wasn't that they didn't serve cake at their reception and now they're getting a divorce, right? Because you got to have cake. No, 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 no. It's something bigger than that. We, we have confused with falling out of feelings with falling out of love. And culture will tell you you can fall out of love. But the Bible says something totally contrary to that fact. The Bible says this, that if you're loving the way God has instructed you and I to love, you can't fall out of love. You may fall out of feeling it, but you don't fall out of doing it, of loving one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7 says this, love is patient and kind. We can stop right here. You don't feel patient and kind. Come on. You know it on your way to church. You didn't feel patient and kind, right? Like love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Read that again right there. Love never gives up, even when it doesn't feel it. Never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And we know this chapter really well. We hear this chapter read at almost every wedding, right? We, we know this. But the verse that doesn't get a whole lot of attention is found in verse 11. And it's like Paul has this ADHD moment right here. And he says, when I was a child, he's like talking about love, love. You know what? When I was a kid, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. It's almost like, what are you doing, Paul? Like, come on, back on track here. Like, you think I chase rabbit trails. Paul wrote one, right? Like, you're like, what's going on right now? Now, what, what's happening? And it's, this fits perfectly in what Paul is saying. Paul is saying this because he knew that the culture in Corinth was about feelings just like our society and culture is. And he said this, man, when I was a child, I thought about love like a child thought about love, like a teenager thought about love. It was all about the feelings. I reasoned and I understood and I thought about it and I talked about it in a childish way. But when I grew up, when I became a grown-up, I, it was something he did. I had to put away the childish way of conducting, of thinking, of reasoning, of talking, of speaking about love in that manner. Paul had to do it for himself just like you have to do it for yourself. When I was a kid, uh, my, my mom, 
would always, most of the time, pack lunches. And after, after the thrill, if your mom ever got the variety bag of chips, you know, the big box, and there was like Cheetos and nacho cheese Doritos and, you know, all these different things, you knew she was getting to the end of the packet when you got a bag of Fritos, right? Because nobody's like, oh, Fritos, awesome. Um, but, but after finding out what, it was like, it was like gambling. I mean, you're like, woo! Um, and, and you knew it was going to be a good day if you got Cheetos or nacho cheese Doritos. But at the after that was what kind of special cell did my mom find right because truth be told, most of the time I grew up drinking high C because high C was for poor people, right? Let's just be honest. Let's call it the way it was. If you had this, if you had Capri Sun in your lunchbox, bro, you were a rich kid. In the, in the cafeteria society, you were high class. Like you flew first class. I mean, this was a big deal. Like you, oh, Ooh, Capri, I will trade you my bag of chips and pickles for your Capri Sun, right? Like, I mean, you're bartering for this stuff here. And, and, and when I was a kid, I loved this stuff. I loved Capri Sun. I loved blowing it up after you were done and you stomped on it and shot the straw across the room, right? Like, I mean, I love these things. However, every time I came home, my dad, when he would get home from work, would drink this, a Perrier. Now, truth be told, growing up, I thought my dad was an alcoholic because of this bottle right here. Um, I thought it was alcohol. I was like, oh, no, my dad's in. He'd come home, oh, it's been a long day, and down a period, give me another, you know, while he's grilling, you know, like, I'm like, dad, gum it, my dad's an alcoholic, right? And I knew this much, it was clear, so it had to be the hard stuff, right? Like, I, I was like... I don't know that much about alcohol. I'm not a drinker. That's that, still to this day. But my dad would come home, and I even tried it, and it tastes like garbage. Like, I'm like, no, nah, uh, you know, I'm like, that's alcohol for sure, right? <laughs> Here's the deal. My, I never came home, and my, I'd catch my dad sipping down a Capri Sun. Like, pop! No, you know, it didn't, <laughs> didn't happen. Woo, did you see that one, son? That didn't happen. Why... Because he was a grown-up. He was an adult, and his taste changed. And so he had a Perrier type of taste. This is what has to happen when it comes to our love, is that you don't keep functioning with Capri Sun love, that you grow to Perrier type of love. That when you see a Perrier, and when you, when you see all this carbonated water, you're like, that's for adults. Yeah, that, that's, that's grown-up love right there. And you start functioning, not based on your feelings, but you function in the way God has called you and I to function, is that you and I start having grown-up love instead of adolescent love, instead of childish love. Well, what's that look like? Well, it looks like this, is that you understand, man, you understand this, for, that just because you don't feel in love doesn't mean you fell out of love. You fall out of feelings, but not out of love. The, the second thing is this. When it comes to grown-up love, what grown-up looks, love looks like, grown-up love focuses more on the commitment than the feelings. Right? Grown-up love focuses more on the commitment you made to one another and to the Lord. You made a covenant right here. Right? It wasn't that I just made a covenant with Casey. It's I made a covenant right here. To the Lord and Casey, and you and I said something like this, I, Justin, take you, Casey, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward. 
for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, and to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. And if we were to put true serum into each person that's saying this, we're all hoping for the better, not the worse. We're all hoping for the rich. Not like, I don't want to be poor with you, right? Like, I don't, like, I, I don't, not the sickness, give me the hell. I mean, if we were being really honest, we were hoping for this. But this is a commitment that you and I made to our spouse. This is something that you and I decided that we would do this when it's good, when it's bad, when it's easy, when it's hard, when the feelings are there, and when the feelings aren't there. And here's why we make this commitment, and here's why we make this covenant, and here's why we focus on our commitment rather than our feelings, is because feelings are seasonal. Feelings are seasonal. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, for everything there is a season. For your, for your feelings, there is a season. And nobody tells you this when you're getting married. Nobody, like I've not ever done this. I haven't said, hey guys, man, what a great day. You guys are getting married. Now I'm going to tell you how hard this is going to be. Right? That kind of creates a whole buzzkill right after, you know, even if the stars, you know, you start singing all these love songs and Luther Vandross or whatever it may be. Um, you know, maybe it's Justin Bieber's new Yummy. I don't know what you're going to sing, but there's these love songs. I don't get up there and say, you know what? This is going to be the hardest thing that you've ever had to do. Can I tell you? There's times being married. Oh, there's times it's easy. There's times, most of the time, it's awesome for me. I don't know about Casey, but for me, let me tell you, there's seasons, there's moments where it's hard. Let me say that again. There's moments where it's hard. There's moments you wake up and the feelings aren't there, right? And I had to check this with Casey and be like, are you sure you're good with me saying that? She's like, oh yeah, you should know what's in my brain every time I wake up. And I'm like, oh, you know, um, there's moments that you get on each other's nerves. Hey, parents with newborns and toddlers, I know it doesn't feel sexy right now. Girl, you look so good changing that diaper. Oh, let's go make another baby. No, that's not... Parents of teenagers, hey, I know it's busy. It's a busy season. I mean, in case you're like this all the time, like, hey, see you in a little bit, right? But, 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 but hear me, there may not be a ton of feelings, but my focus in those moments when there aren't all the feels, I focus on my commitment. I focus on how the Lord has instructed me to love her on how I committed to love her. Right? I, 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 how I committed in 1 Corinthians 13 to be patient and to be kind, to not be pushing my agenda and myself, not to be the keeper of score, to be a scorekeeper in my marriage. Man, man, that's something I have to commit to. That's something that you have to commit to. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says this, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures 
all things. This means if you're here today or you're watching online today and you say, I just don't feel like doing this anymore. You don't listen to your feelings, but you focus hard in on the commitment that you made, the covenant that you made. If you're going to live happily ever after, man, it may not be that you're happy all the time, but there's times you focus and you lean in on the commitment that you have made. Because hear me, grown-up love at some point in time becomes a choice instead of just a feeling. It becomes a choice instead of just something that you feel. Right? Everyone can fall. Falling in love is easy. Falling for feelings is easy. But you got to work and you got to fight to stay there. And some of us, we're great at fighting in our marriage, but you haven't fought forward in a long time. Some of you, that's the instruction. That's, that's the thing. You got to fight for this thing. Every month, you and I experience something that we don't like. It's called bills, right? It's called your mortgage payment. It's called the electric bill, the gas bill. And every time the mortgage payment comes, I don't look at Casey and like, hey, you know, I, I don't feel like paying this this month. Like, how about we just go blow it at River Spirit Casino, put it on black, hash brown, bless life, right? No, 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 that's not. Move, Lord, move. No, that's not. Black it is. Black. No, that's not. No, 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 no. I'm about to trail off really easy here. Um, why? Because I'm a grown-up. I understand that I am responsible and I have committed to paying that mortgage. I may not like paying that mortgage. I like my house, so I have a commitment to pay my mortgage. I may not like paying, paying the electricity bill, but I like my air conditioner, so I'm committed to paying that electricity bill, right? You, you understand what I'm saying? And here's what's crazy. Some of us, were more committed to our mortgage than we are our marriage, right? We're, we're more responsible and committed. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure I'm not laying on a payment. I'm gonna You're more committed to that mortgage then you are your marriage, and here's why. And I'm not trying, man, I hope you hear my heart. Some of us, you just got to grow up, right? Let's just call it the way it is. You got you to grow up. It's not about how you feel anymore. It's not just about your, there's way bigger things that are involved than just your feelings. You made a commitment, and you got to focus, and you got to choose to love at some point. First Corinthians 13, that whole list, you want to know if you've got the real thing? You choose to love. Man, when you've got all the feelings, man, for better, for worse, for better is easy. For worse, hear me, for worse is intimate. Because if I go through the trenches with somebody, if me and Casey go through a hard time, or we go through a struggle, or I go through a hard time with one of my friends, and I'm fighting with them, not at them, but we're going through this together, can I tell you, we come out, and we're closer than we've ever been. And the same is true of your marriage. There's times that there's mountains and there's valleys, and if you can stay committed to the commitment that you made, and you start loving based, and you choose to love each other instead of just let your love be a feeling, can I tell you, you come out of that moment and there is intimacy because you've walked through death together. You've walked through hell together. And now you're on the other side of it saying, man, do you remember when we went through this? Now, no, anybody can go through better, but are you willing to go through worse? 
Are you willing to have grown-up love? Because can I tell you, it takes a grown-up. It takes a grown man. It takes a grown woman to be willing to go through the hard times and choose to love even when you don't feel it and even when it's difficult. Third thing I would tell you is this. Another mark of grown-up love is grown-up love isn't selfish but puts others first. Grown-up love isn't selfish, but it puts others first. It isn't me first. If your relationship is all about you, if your relationship is all about how your spouse needs to make you happy, how everybody needs to make you happy, and me, 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 hear me, you're in a, you're being selfish. You're being selfish. And probably everybody is too scared of making you mad to tell you any different. So ring the bell for the pastor today. You're being selfish. Do not elbow them right now or you're going to set it off, right? Like, here's a, if, if it's all about you, that's really hard for your relationship to survive. I love this quote. It says this, if you live your life as if everything is about you, you will be left with just that just you. It's so true. Because can I tell you, selfishness is like the flu to your relationship. It affects everything it touches, right? Like the other day, Casey left her, her credit card in urgent care, and there's this woman coughing and like yakking everywhere. And she puts her, she puts her shirt over her, her, her nose, and she puts her hoodie over her head. And she's like, I just need my credit card. I left. You know why? Because you don't want to get anywhere near it because you know it spreads very easily. Selfishness does just that. It contaminates everything it touches, and it spreads all throughout the relationship. Relationship. Man, so, so what do you and I, what do we do? We come back to the verse and we go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and check out what it says in the message. It says this, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. I've got so much more I want to say, and we're going to do that next week. Here's what I would tell you. We do really good at living that verse out for everyone else but our spouse most of the time. Parents, you do great at this with your kids, hopefully. <laughs> You'll bend over backwards for your kid. Why? Because they're your kid. You have to choose to love your kid at times, right? You're like, they come out selfish. That's what babies are. Feed me, change me, let me sleep. I'm going to wake you up. You know, I'm going to inconvenience your life. That's what a baby is, right? Let's just be honest. Here we get, but, but we come to this place and, and we will do for our kids. We will do for our friends. We'll be selfless when it comes to our friendships, when it comes to our relationship with our kids, when it comes to work. But when it comes to our spouse, many times, that's a person we want to help the least. That's a person we become selfless. And we say we love them the most, but we treat them the worst. 
It's true. What? Well, I've just gotten comfortable. Well, you just feel comfortable. You can't base your love on your feelings. You've got to let love become a choice, and you've got to choose to be selfless instead of selfish. My girls went to Canacuck for a while, and it's a camp in Branson, Missouri, and when they were there, they had this ongoing theme that has stuck with me called I Am Third. And the whole thought was this, Jesus first, other second, I am third. And I kept thinking in my, my mind, because I'm just competitive, that means you're last, right? Like, like, you can say third all you want, but you're last, because like, you ain't listening to anybody else. And my grandparents are fourth. No, 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 right? You're la- and, and here's what I would challenge us with, is have an I am third marriage, right? Well, Justin, I always put them first. You don't keep, love doesn't keep the score of other sins. That's what First Corinthians, you choose this, this, this mindset. You choose this kind of relationship to be an I am third marriage. I will put the other, but Justin, when's it going to be my turn? I will, I will choose to love, and I will choose to be selfless, and I will choose to stay focused on my commitment rather than my feelings. Because if you're going to move from this to this, man, if your love's going to be grown up, If your love's really going to be lived out the way Paul was talking about here, that when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, I talked like a child. But when I grew up, when I became an adult, I put away childish things. You got to put this aspect of loving others away. The way you're conducting yourself in your marriage and the way that you think is norm is not norm. Maybe it is norm, but you're not called to be the norm. You're called to have an I am third marriage. But it's Jesus first and center of it all. And then your spouse. Then your kids. You know who's last? You. And here's what I can tell you. If you will do that, even when the feelings aren't there, if you will stay focused on your commitment, if you will let love become a choice, if you will say, man, I realize I can't fall out of love. I may have fallen out of feelings, but I understand I can't fall out of love because love becomes a choice at some point when I grow up. If you will do that, can I tell you, you'll make it for the long haul. I'm not saying you're going to be happily ever after, because we're going to talk about that next week, how to live it happily ever after. But I can tell you, you'll make it through the hard times, even when the feelings want to tell you to do something else. You'll make it through the difficult times because you chose to love. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. If you're married, if you're engaged in this place, I want to just encourage you to grab your spouse's hand right where you're at. Lord, you see every couple in this place. Every relationship has its ups and downs. And Lord, there's moments in their seasons where, just to be honest, it's tough. Lord, just to be honest, sometimes the feelings aren't there. And and, and we want to follow our feelings, but Lord, I pray Proverbs 4.23 would be so true in this moment that we would guard our heart above all else. And we would understand because if we don't guard and if we don't carefully watch it, it's going to determine the course of our life. 
But Lord, I pray for every marriage in this place. Lord, there's nothing more than Satan would want to do than to destroy the sanctity and the completeness of this marriage relationship because if he can destroy this, he can destroy our families. And so, Lord, I pray that we would commit once again to loving one another with grown-up love. Not, not, not as children, that we wouldn't reason as a child any longer. But the Lord, some of us, the truth is, we just need to grow up when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our feelings, and when it comes to loving one another. But Lord, we would, we would, we would choose today to love one another, that we would stay focused on our commitment when the feelings aren't there. And that, Lord, we would determine that we're going to be the spouse that is an I am third spouse so that I can have an I am third marriage. Lord, I pray right now that you would guard and you would protect and that, Lord, there would be talks, hard discussions that are, are said with truth and kindness. But, Lord, there would be conversations that are had after we leave this place that, Lord, we would be doers of your word. And not just hearers only. Lord, I pray for some of us that we would just own up. That, Lord, we would stop fooling ourselves. But, Lord, we'd own up to how we've been conducting ourselves. And that, Lord, there would be change. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here. And, man, we're just being honest. You say, Justin, I'm here. And where I'm at isn't anywhere where I should be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And and man, I need to either ask him to be the Lord and Savior of my life for the first time, or I need to recommit my life to him. Can I tell you, until this aspect gets right with your relationship with your heavenly father, all your other relationships aren't going to be right. They're going to be dysfunctional. And and some of you, man, you've been faking it, Right? You've just been acting like everything's all right, but you know that everything isn't what it should be, and you're not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing's going to get better by you faking it, but today if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm ready for my life to change. There's a change that needs to happen. When I count to three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah. Yep. Is there anyone else? You join those two hands that are lifted before we go any further. Yeah. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these three or four hands that are lifted. Yeah. I see you. Is there anyone else? Yep. You join these five or six hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. You say, Justin, that's me today, man. I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of posing, but I understand there's a change that needs to happen in me before we go any further with the service. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me, I mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up. That my relationship with you isn't what it should be. But I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I turn from the life that I was living and I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or are in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.